Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. A special episode of the 209 till infinity podcast a birthday episode of the 209 till infinity podcast uh last week it was my birthday and this week it is the homie savage o'malley's birthday so i'm gonna kick it over to the man the myth the birthday boy himself get up on your mic and tell him how you get all your wealth That's the best, man. Celebrate, we will! And cut the cake! Nobody could see us, but I was over here throwing up the devil horns and headbanging like I was Beavis and Butthead, man. It is so heavy metal, and yet at the same time, I can imagine, like, that's what they would sing to Thor on his birthday. You know, that's what it felt like. Like, uh, Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's your birthday today. Thor! Yeah, it's got that very primal medieval <laughs> grab a mug of ale and let's go slay some dragons and the dungeons and dragons type vibe going on on top of being very like 80s heavy metal like hairband but it's that's so classic and for a lot of people that don't know we actually played that song was it last year on your birthday was it last year was we found that on the internet and thought that that was so hilarious and whoever the geniuses are that created that they've done it for everyone's name so if your name's tim Susie, laurel johnny bobby billy william 
they do that song and incorporate every name they can think of pretty much in there, which probably enables them to get an insane amount of hits. And I'm sure it gets shared and used and, and viewed constantly, which is pretty genius. But we played that on your birthday last year because we thought it was hilarious. And uh, we don't know what happened to that episode. That was the famed lost episode where literally we finished recording, hit stop, and it just wasn't there. Yeah, that was the, that was the, 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 the show where we were doing my birthday. Yes. And then uh, Sweet Annie D had recommended a Netflix movie. Yes. About it was like wartime. There was like it used to be called like the Pit or something. It was at the bottom of the hill, and this is where right. this yeah, yeah, where yeah. the where this base was, and they were like constantly under attack, and people died. Like it was it was based on a true story. Yes. And, Great uh, movie. It was a fantastic movie. We did the sh- we did the episode. We did the birthday thing. We did the It's your birthday today. Scott, and uh, it was a great episode, and then it disappeared. Yeah, literally, we could not find it. We hit stop. Scott goes to queue it up and log it in and make sure that it's ready. And he's like, "Uh, where is it? It's not here." And it, it and I, it, what's crazy is whenever that happens, it doesn't happen when you're having a shitty episode. Like it's not one of those episodes where we're going off the rails and it's not that quality. Like right. occasionally you and I'll go off the rails and we have I don't hate any of our episodes, but there's definitely episodes I love more than others. You and I loved that movie. I can distinctly remember how much we enjoyed the film and we were really giving a detailed review like talking about how uh how the the actors and how it affected them and the different characters and the emotions and the drama and how it felt so real we were like into this movie and giving this amazing review and uh we wrapped it up and we were like yeah like high-fiving each other like it was a dope episode Go on. I think I think on. I think all of that is accurate. I don't remember the high fives, but <laughs> the rest. Of I appreciate it. the fucking over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it was a it was a it, and there was one other episode where I stretched my leg and kicked the power cord off, and I think we were like 45 minutes in, and that was a good one too. Like we haven't lost a shitty episode. Like it was. It's always stuff like too. Like it's never when you we have like a like a um like a, a an agenda or an itinerary of things we're going to talk about yeah. and it fucked up and well we already know we're going to talk about we can go back and do it it's not going to be the same it's always this stuff that's just kind of rolls yeah and you're like yeah we can't recreate that no and it was such a heartfelt movie review that we didn't even ever we never reviewed the movie and i am so sorry sweet annie d because it was a great review like well if it makes you feel any better whatever the movie was we really liked it i don't remember now all i know all i know is that uh <laughs> We were like, yeah, we can't recreate recreate that. And then we redid. We had obviously we needed to re-record, so we did it again. And even though it was a good episode, I felt like the, we were both a little bit like this the whole time. Yeah, it was not we the same. You couldn't we couldn't recreate the uh, the energy. No, and we didn't. But we did not when we redid our episode. We did not uh, try to. We didn't do the movie review. We uh-huh. didn't review the movie because it was like, man, you and I just literally for an hour poured our heart and souls into the microphone about this movie and how much we loved it and how incredible it was. And prior to that, we were laughing and talking about your birthday and it was just natural and fluid and nothing scripted. We were just coming off the top. It was amazing. And then just gone. And like, yeah. So yeah, the next, whatever we ended up doing, I don't know if we only did two that week because we lost one. I don't remember, but... Uh, yeah, it wasn't the same. I remember you and I, it was like somebody taking a pin and 
deflating a balloon, like pop, just gone. Like, oh, knock the wind out of our sails. But hey, that ain't happening this week, baby. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, my friend. This is the Savage O'Malley birthday episode. Ladies, <laughs> <and> <laughs> <gentlemen>. <laughs> Happy birthday, my dude. This is the episode where you get to choose whatever you want to talk about. This episode is all about you. Oh, hell yeah. That's right. Your wants, your needs, your desires, your birthday. Take it away, my dude. Well, sir, I would like to talk to you uh-huh. about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes. Just kidding. I don't know <laughs> Whenever somebody comes to my door and says that, he, are you are you confident that if the world ended today that you would go to heaven and be with your Savior? I always go, yeah, my dad's a priest, gone to church my whole entire life. I'm already in the club. And I slam the door in their face. <laughs> it's, the, it's the greatest out ever. I go, yeah, my dad's a minister. You ain't telling me nothing I ain't already heard. Peace. Yeah. Um, are you confident that when you, what did you say? Say it again. Are you confident that when you leave this earth, that you will go and live with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Have you ever heard of the Pied Piper, man? <laughs> Let me tell you a little story since you're here. Yes. I have heard of the Pied Piper, actually. Protect your children, man. That's right. All right. <laughs> Don't make me Don't steal make your me children, do it, man. That's right. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, at this time of recording, it's not my birthday yet, so I'm not in full birthday mode. Right. Uh, whereas we did your birthday, and you had just passed your birthday. Correct. So uh, I don't have... Uh, I can't regale in... Uh, Stories of lasagna and, and <laughs> right. what and yet. whatnot. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to to date, the only birthday uh, celebration that I have had is I, I did cash in my free bakery item on the McDonald McDonald's app and got Ooh, a blueberry muffin. Nice. Uh, unlike you, and I don't know if you do this or not, but I am big into the taking advantage of the birthday freebies. Yeah, I have a lot of things that get dialed up. Uh, one that I look forward to every year is my free Red Robin burger. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, and then most thing, most of the things, if you, you know, you get a free something or whatever. So, right. I'll get a free Starbucks drink. I don't even drink Starbucks, but I'll get a free drink. So I'll go get a, a thing on my birthday. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I'll parlay that and just roll it over to a lady friend and be yeah. like, "Hey, I got you something." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my God, you're so sweet. You did that for me." I was like, "Yes, it's what I do. It's what, it's what, what, it, what it is. When you think coffee, you think savage." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, I haven't really rolled into the birthday stuff yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to it uh, in the process of uh, uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to do for my birthday. Sure. Uh, because as you know, I do like to get together with my friends and yes. have a couple uh, adult beverages and yeah, uh, throw yeah. the cornhole bags around yes. and that kind of stuff. And uh, Play a little softball, get yeah. in a little golf. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just go the full Sav experience. Absolutely, Absolutely. dude. Absolutely. Well, it, you may not be in full birthday swing yet. But I can't think of a better way to kick it off than right here on this podcast. Uh-huh. Let's officially start Savage Season, birthday season, right now with this podcast. It's my birthday today. Scott! Yeah. Celebrate, we will! Yeah. <laughs> now cut the cake for. Yeah. <laughs> it's your birthday today. Door! Yeah. <laughs> it's totally like, I didn't. When I was. 
also, so here's the thing. If you go on YouTube and like he said, yeah. you, you search that right. The video is hilarious too, by it's the way. It's great. just like mad weird cuts and yes. all this stuff. And like, and he's like, it's your birthday. And it's like, yeah. it's mouthed over on a goat and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just hilarious. Like, and so like, Bill's like getting into it and rocking out. You ain't got the devil's, devil's fucking hands up and i'm just watching the video like just entranced by it because it's insane (laughs) it's like total madness it's very hypnotizing yeah absolutely uh so anyway uh if you check uh i forgot i was gonna say but anyway it's hilarious video so check it out it's an amazing you know you do happy birthday and then jeff or whatever yeah (laughs) it's it's there yeah absolutely. and and, uh so so i said i can't think of a better way to kick off the birthday season the savage birthday season than right here on the podcast uh so I'm in the process of scheduling that and figuring all that. Right. And then yeah. uh, uh, show contributor, mm-hmm. fan of the show, friend of ours. Right. Friend of mine. Right. Kyle Dakota Owens. Yes. His birthday is October 23rd. Oh, shit. So trying to balance everybody, you know, make everybody feel important and all that kind of stuff. October is crazy, man. My sister's birthday is in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have several people at my office that are in October. Um, you count back nine months, and you know that's when a lot of people were feeling freaky, baby. It's snuggle season. <laughs> yeah. It's snuggle season, baby. <laughs> Whatever nine months from October is back, I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't done it. It's right after. It's, hey, yeah. you're in the 10th month, take it back to one. Nine, yeah. 10 uh, minus nine is one, January. January. Snug right after yeah. the new year, right? Maybe trying to work off a little bit of that fruitcake. You're gearing up to pay taxes, so you can't leave the house, right? You ain't got no money, so... <laughs> What better way to do some sweet love making and make a baby, baby? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anywho, it's Savage O'Malley, aka Big Skis, aka Drill Bit, aka uh, Slick Boy Sav. That's right. Uh, my coworker reminded me of that. Yes. He's like, oh, you're going to uh, you're going to Alabama next week, Slick Boy. Yes, uh, that's right. Yes. Oh, you out here throwing that thing around, huh? <laughs> I was like, for work. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get your Easy E shirt in a bunch, ma'am. That's right. Now give me my damn Baconator and get out of my way. Calm yourself, lady. Yeah. That's right. Keep it to a low roar. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's going on. Uh, so, I, like we did last week, you had your thing, I have my thing. Before we get to my thing, I do want to uh, touch on She-Hulk. Okay. You want to do that? We did end that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because uh, next next uh, next uh, show, we're gonna do a little Halloween thing, and then also we got some uh, some bunch of things that happened that we wanted to talk about. Um, yes. Like I did say, I am next week. I am going to Alabama and Florida. I didn't go last month. Right. You know why? Yeah, hurricane. Yeah. Yes. Too stormy. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just I'm not gonna do it. No, I don't my, blame my my, my my trip got canceled and and uh, I was bummed because i do like traveling right uh also it is a lot of work um people think traveling is uh for work is all glitz and glamour yeah i mean it is it is fun i do like you know i don't mind the airplane and sitting and having my headphones on and watching my shows and being paid for the entire thing like it's totally cool but it is draining like right you know for example i'll just tell you this my 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 schedule next week is i get up I fly out at seven in the morning from Sacramento. I fly to Atlanta. I right. land. Got to go f- cross the area to get my car. Atlanta's like an m- insanely huge airport. Mm-hmm. Get my car. Then I got to get in my car and I drive all the way to Alabama. It's two mm. plus hours. Go see my kids, spend some time with them, get them some dinner, check in with them. He got right. a new job. His new job, uh, grocery store, famous in the South. Okay. 
Piggly Kroger. Wiggly. Oh, okay, Piggly, Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. Gotcha. Uh, so and do that. He wants to show me his new place, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so anyway, uh, coming back, uh, and then uh, and then I come back halfway to a different spot in Alabama where my hotel is. I stay mm. there. It's kind of like a midpoint. Right. Stay tonight, go grab some dinner, probably a nice big old fat steak, because that's sure. how I roll on the road. Hell yeah, uh, why not? And then uh, then I got to get up early that morning, which I'm not used to, drive back to Atlanta mm. to catch 11 o'clock flight in the morning to fly to Tampa, Okay. land in Tampa, mm. get my car, drive 45 minutes to a place in Florida where my other kid lives, spend some time with her, drive back to Tampa... Drop the rig, mm. catch a flight from Tampa back to Atlanta before I catch my Atlanta to Sacramento flight. So do you know, have you heard the the kid that you visit in Florida, mm-hmm. were they severely affected? Yeah, so I checked, obviously, with, with them being uh, our responsibility and in the program, it's my job to make sure that they're okay and that mm. they're, you know, that everything all right. You know, like, not that we could really do anything, but no, just like of if anybody calls or qu- has questions, mm. I have an answer. Sure. I'm not just like, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't drown. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I know is I didn't go. Glad I didn't go. It's yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. out there. Good luck. Yeah. No. How's your 18-year-old? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, lots of planes, lots of movement, a lot of go, 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 right? And it's a long day. It's two long days. And, of course, there's some overtime and wrapped up in that and all that stuff. But it does get tiring. Oh, like, yeah. I'll get home yeah, on yeah. Saturday and just be like, yeah, B. travel is hard. You and I talked about like as, as fun as vacation is and going on vacation, there is a definite uh, moment of relief when you get home, you drop those bags on the floor and you just plop down on your own bed. There's no agenda. There's no schedule. There's nowhere to be. There's nowhere to go. You just lay there and go, ah, I can actually just stop. And, and I don't have young and I don't have young babies, um, but I can tell you that um one of the things that is very difficult for me is I'll be gone for two days. My pup and I are very attached. Yes. So, you know, she gets a little bummed when I'm not there. Right. And uh, it's very clear. And then uh, I get home and I have just been basically going for, I don't know, 36 of my last 48 hours. Right. And uh, I'll finally, you know, get to the hotel or get to the airport in Sacramento, drive all the way home doesn't matter what time of day is and she's like what's up oh my god you're back how about that walk I'll be like, dude yeah. right but then i feel guilty so i'm gonna do it oh yeah dude they they, they they that's what they live for like if i don't walk my dog my dog just sits and looks at me like and there's signs they know if i'm getting my shoes on and i starting to grab like the poop bag and get the leash he is just like on my ass like at my heel like i'm damn near tripping over him like hey dude yes we're, we're going just take a deep breath give me a minute we're, we're getting there like it but i imagine it's going to be crazy when you get back to florida because man i was watching kind of checking in on the videos and seeing what that hurricane did and there were some areas there that just looked like they got absolutely devastated so i imagine it's going to be crazy flying in and seeing some of that firsthand like flying over some of those areas and getting into some of those areas that just got devastated uh, yeah devastated like that's going to be insane to uh to witness firsthand and, and like in person yeah 
So anyway, that's uh, I, I will be traveling. It'll be fun. Uh, I didn't go because of the Hurricane Ian. Mm. Uh, so glad I stayed home. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, so that's uh, one thing that we were going to talk about and get to that. Uh, yes. And then uh, actually, you know what we can do? I lied. We're not going to talk about She-Hulk. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, y- you were on a walk. Yeah, it's funny. We just talked about walking the dog. My dog demands it. So every morning I get up. My dog demands it. He does, man. If I don't do it, he's like pissed at me, like angry. Gives me them sad dog eyes that I can barely, I can't handle it. Like today when I left, my wife wasn't home. I walked my dog almost three miles and I go in the house and he knows, he knows when I'm leaving and he's not going. And he just lays there, gives me these like sad puppy dog eyes. And I, dude, it's, it takes everything I could do to, to, to tear away from him and go in the car. Like, I feel like I'm a bad parent. You know what I mean? Like, I'm right. sorry. I'm coming back, buddy. I love you. I swear. I'm, I, I'm not abandoning you. I will return. Just trust me. You've got to trust me. And, and he still just looks at me like, I don't give a fuck about any of that. Where are you going? And why can't I, I go with you? I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to go with you. So anyway, yeah, every morning I get up. I get up at 530 in the morning. I shower, get dressed, get myself ready for work. Then I feed the cats, feed the dog. And like I said, I take the dog for a two to three mile walk every morning. Because like you, you leave your dog home. Very similar to me. Both my wife and I have to go into the office. So the dog's home for a good chunk of the day. And he's a hundred pound dog. I got to get him out, make sure he does his business, make sure he gets some of his energy out. So we have a route that we take every morning and it starts by going up what's called Palm Avenue to the gates of Preston Castle. We get to the gates of Preston Castle. We wind back down. We take a little side street where you cross uh, Preston Avenue, which is a main thoroughfare, like a main driveway, main highway, main highway. We cross the, the crosswalk of Preston Avenue. And then that takes you to Sutter Street, which is like a little neighborhood. And then we walk through that neighborhood and there's a little spot of grass, an open patch of grass where he poops almost every morning. It's our routine. Well, we go up Palm, go to the castle gates, come down, take the side street, get to the crosswalk as we do every morning to cross Preston Avenue. And, uh, you know, most mornings people are on their way to work. This is like usually around 645, 7 in the morning. Uh, Most people don't stop. This person... When they do stop, it's not for me. Usually they see the dog and go, oh, my God, I see him making faces like, oh, hi, they're mm-hmm, waving at mm-hmm. him. They're not stopping for my big ass. They're stopping for the dog. So they stop. I do the, you know, the standard, like, all right, we, I never just walk across the crosswalk. I always at least jog to show them that I'm appreciative that they stopped. I give the, uh, the head nod, the wave, and the mouth, thank you, thank you, and I run. And always, like clockwork, we get across, and there is a stop sign on a corner there. And there's a patch of grass. We always walk a little ways past the stop sign and then OB stops and sniffs right there because apparently every dog and I own pees and poops right there. So right OB there. is very excited. So we crawl, I run across, I give the wave, the head nod, and the thank you. We get past the stop sign. OB sniffing, and I hear <laughs> I look over my shoulder. I don't know what the fuck happened, but two cars have collided. And at this point, the sound is so loud that Obi is trying, he is terrified and trying to get away and dragging me. I'm looking over my shoulder and you know how when things like that happen, they always say it, it happens in slow motion. It is absolutely 100% true. So the, the crash, the, the streak and the crash hits, I look over my shoulder, I see they've just collided, I don't know why, and I see that one of the cars is now 
driving towards the stop sign and coming directly at me. Obi is already trying to go because he's terrified from the loud noise and I am kind of frozen. And then something jars me and goes, oh shit, Bill, you need to move. Like this car is coming towards you where you're standing. So then I run and because Obi's already like trying to get the fuck out of there because he's, he's frightened to no end. That actually made me run faster because I got like a hundred plus pound dog pulling me. Like I'm now on a sled, like, whoa, right, boy. Right. So he gets me out of the way and, and we run and get out of the way and the car stops literally right where I was standing. Um, and at that point, not the car that came at me, but the other car that I think was responsible. Like I said, I don't know what happened because I didn't see it. She gets out and goes to the back of her car. She's in tears. She's got a baby in the back seat. So she's pulling a baby out of the back seat. She's clearly in an all freaked out, rightfully so. Right. And at that point, I'm going like, oh, my God, I should probably try to help these people. Like, I don't because maybe someone's hurt. But I've got, like I said, a terrified 100 plus pound dog and I cannot get him to budge. He won't move. And Obi's not the kind of dog that I can let go of the leash or take off the leash and he'll just sit there. He ran away. We told the story on an earlier podcast. He got scared and ran away once. So I don't let him off leash ever. So I'm trying to get back. I'm worried about these people, but I can't get back to them. So the lady's got her baby, she's crying. She goes over to the window of the car and goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Are you okay? Um, clearly the driver is shaken up, but I think they're okay. Um, but right at that moment, if you're gonna have a car accident, these people picked the best area in the world to have a car accident. Literally across the way is a duplex, like literally right on the other side of the street is a duplex with two ambulances and a bunch of EMTs live. When the EMTs are on call, they stay in this duplex. So I'm trying to get Obi like, come on, Obi, we need to check on these people. He won't move. Out rushes two EMTs. Literally up Preston, not even a quarter of a mile. I don't, not, not even anywhere near a mile, not even probably a quarter of a mile. It's the fire station with the fire chief, the main fire station in Ion. So here comes a fire truck and the fire chief and the EMTs, it's like immediate. And then the cops don't have anything going on in Ion. They're bored, so they immediately show up. But it was like- it's, So Ion's not like Compton? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if you were going to, if you have to have an accident, these people couldn't have picked a better spot. Like, so still like Obi's terrified, but now I can see, okay, I'm, I take a deep breath. The mom and the baby look okay. The person in the passenger seat seems to be what I can see okay. Here's EMTs, the police chief, the, I mean the fire chief, fire engine, cops. I'm good. Obi's pulling me. So I'm like, I'm just going to get Obi out of here. I didn't see anything. I don't know. I start to walk away and I hear, hey, dude, guy, guy with the dog, guy with the dog. I go, yeah. He goes, the lady said that you saw the accident, like you were there. Like, I go, yeah, I was there, man, but my back was turned. I didn't see anything. Well, they're probably going to want a statement from you anyway, man. You may want to try to come back. I go, dude, he's terrified. I'll try, but I can't guarantee it. So I stopped for a moment. We were far enough away that Obi got his bearings back. I waited about three or four minutes, and then he slowly, reluctantly let me walk back to the scene of the accident. And sure enough, the cops went, you're the guy with the dog? Stay right there. I'll be right back. Um, and I chatted a little bit with the fire chief while I was waiting. And the cop came back and wanted to take a statement. But, you know, the moment I told him, I said, hey, man, my back was turned. I ran across the street. 
and all I heard was the brakes screeching and the cars hit. I don't know why they hit. I don't know what happened. All I know is they hit and I turned around and one was coming at me and I got out of the way. He's like, oh, you didn't see anything? No, I didn't see anything, man. I was running my dog across the crosswalk. He goes, okay, well, can I take your number? He seemed disappointed. Like, you know, like, and I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I don't have any information for you. Like, I didn't see it. I just heard it. Um, I'm just glad to be alive and not hit by a car. I'm glad that everyone's okay. So he takes my number down and says, you know, basically like, okay, well, if if I need to talk to you, can I call you back? I go, sure, but my story's not changing, dude. No, you cannot. Yeah. And so anyway, man, yeah, um, finished the walk. At that point, I was like kind of still shaken up a bit. Like it was kind of crazy. So I was like, all right, Obi. I need you to poop. I'm ready for this walk to be done now. Like, and, you know, cause we really had just gotten started. Normally I'd go like another mile and a half or two miles. And I was like, please, Obi, just poop. I want to go home now. Like, cause it, that delayed us like, you know, 45 minutes. So, but yeah, luckily everyone was okay. Um, you know, insurance will take care of the cars. The people were fine. The help was there. The response was quick. Obi got over it like we were able I was afraid like anytime we walked that spot Obi was gonna not want to go there anymore next morning it was like actually I walked him back there that evening just to test the waters he's good to go and we walked there every morning still no problem so yeah man it was uh crazy how when it happened it was like the matrix like the the bullet scene you know where they bullet time like Uh that car was coming at me like so slow and yet at the same time i needed to get and as soon as i started to run it was like everything picked back up it, w- it was crazy dude it did was, you feel like maybe it was your turn to pay the piper it wait if, if i hadn't have moved i might have done something the way i had to pay the piper yeah if i got hit by that car i may have been paying for some some sin i committed back in the day well, i'm glad you're okay glad obi's okay yeah we're good man you know just a just little kind of crazy i yeah. own city fendi bendy yes uh before we jump into what i would like to do for my birthday yes. i did want to talk about one quick thing okay that's right yes Rest in peace, Compton rapper, actor, Coolio, man. Crazy. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, Let me just tell you this real quick. Yeah, go ahead and say something. Uh, Coolio was one of the first rappers to balance pop accessibility with a gritty street-level subject matter and language. Despite his nods to hardcore, his music was clearly more happy-go-lucky at heart. He shared the West Coast scene's love of laid-back 70s funk and that attitude translated to his music far more than Dr. Dre's death row G-Funk axis. Save for the somber Grammy award-winning topper Gangster's Paradise, most of Coolio's hits were exuberant, good good time party anthems, and he created an uh, ingratiating, fun-loving persona in the videos that supported them. He was also popular with younger audiences and became a whole a favorite on Nickelodeon comedy shows. In the process, Coolio took the sound of West Coast hip hop to wider audiences than ever before, including those put off by or too young for the rougher aspects of G Funk. Very true. Coolio helped lay the groundwork for an extent explosion of hardcore themed pop rap, most notably Puff Daddy's Bad Boy Empire, and played an underappreciated role in making hip hop a mainstream music of choice for the new generation. Known mostly for his first two full-length albums, the top 10 hits in It Takes a Thief and Gangster's Paradise, 
Coolio bowed out from the bottom two, though he continued to contribute guest verses to, to tracks through the late 2010s, a few years before his death in 2022. Yeah. So what I was going to ask you was, when you sent me the WC song, West Up, Yeah. you sent that song. Did you know that Coolio had passed when you sent me that track? No. Okay, that was the craziest thing about this to me, was you sent me the song West Up by WC and the Mad Circle. And I told you, I said, oh man, I love that song. I actually have the CD single. I go, but you sent me that. I start listening to the album. And I forgot that Coolio was kind of an unofficial member of the Mad Circle. So all of a sudden Coolio pops up on one of the tracks and I go, oh shit, that's right, Coolio's on a lot of these songs. And then I went back to the first WC and the Mad Circle album and Coolio's like on four or five tracks on that album. So you sent me down this like rabbit hole from WC in the Mad Circle to Coolio. Then from the WC in the Mad Circle album, I went back to It Takes a Thief, Gangster's Paradise, and My Soul. And I'm listening to these songs that I haven't listened to in years. And while I'm listening to the songs, I go to Facebook. And the first thing that pops up in my Facebook feed is Coolio. I don't see that he's passed. I just see his picture. And I immediately start going, what the fuck, man? They really are spying on us. This is insane. Like, I'm literally listening to the guy and they somehow is Facebook able to know my music? Then I see he died. And I immediately send the link to you and you had said you knew. A lot of people sent you some stuff already. But I was literally sitting on the bed in my bedroom listening to his music for the first time in years. I won't be one of these people that just because he died say I was the world's biggest Coolio fan. I owned his first two albums. I love Fantastic Voyage. I love One, Two, Three, Four. I love Gangster's Paradise. But I wasn't like this massive, giant Coolio fan. I I never saw him live. I didn't. I never really felt like he made like a classic album. Definitely classic songs. Definitely very impactful. But um, I, w- I wouldn't lie to you and be like, I, he would he changed my life. I think he's an icon. I think he was amazing. I think he definitely, like a song like this is so fun. But um, I hadn't listened to him probably in 10 years maybe. Right. So to, 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 to check back in with Coolio for the first time and immediately learn that he died, like that tripped me out. I was like, holy crap. Like what in the hell? Like I, that was nuts, dude. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this, man. Uh, like you, I was not a massive Coolio person. Like, I enjoyed his music. Right. I'm certainly not going to say I was the right the biggest Coolio fan. Um, the hits, like this song right here, I probably played this oh, a million times. This was, I, I shared a video on social media of him performing this with Stevie Wonder, with Levity, and a, and a choir. And it was like song of the year. Like, this wasn't just a hit. This was like the song the year it dropped, like in a soundtrack to a movie, number one song, number one movie, huge soundtrack, huge album. And then just this song took the world by storm. Like, Yes, uh, I agree. Uh, it's very sad. Uh, I, I, the other thing that, you know, that's tripping me out a little bit is uh, I feel like people are passing away. Mm-hmm. Fairly young. Yes. Yeah, he oh. wasn't even quite six. He was 59. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, uh, 
you know, a, a lot of that's happening. Like, oh, someone's gonna pass away, and I'll be like, damn, and then I'll hear about it, and it'll be like 62, yeah. 59, yeah. 48, and I'm like, fuck. It's scary, dude. I literally, as you and I get older, we're both doing our birthday episodes here. Uh, my wife's good friend's husband's brother, that's a lot. So my wife's... <laughs> That sounds like something yeah, from a comedy. It sounds like my wife's balls. best friend's brother's cousin, sister's yeah, yeah. dog's walker, so, sister. So let's just say my wife's friend. Uh, Your wife's friend. Mark. Her brother, who is in his late 40s, I believe, uh, just had a heart attack. And, you know, whenever I hear something like that, especially where I'm at now in my life, where I have packed on 30 pounds, uh, I'm not as active as I used to be. Uh, and then somebody like Coolio passes who's young or somebody like Kevin Smith, who I look up to has a massive heart attack at 48 that almost kills him. I really start thinking about my mortality. That's the other side of the birthday. As you start to get older, you start thinking about, all right, how many more years do I have left at this? There's more behind me than there are ahead of me at this point. I probably don't have another 48 in me. You know what I mean? Like that's weird to think it's a little morbid. It's a little dark. But, you know, there's a good chance I don't get another 48 years. So there's probably more years behind me than there are ahead of me. And whenever somebody young like that passes or has a heart attack or has something horrible happen like that, it really gets me thinking like, dude, Bill, get back on your diet game. Start working out. You want to you don't just want to live as long as you can. You want that as long as you can to be quality. Right. You know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. Not in a wheelchair drooling on yourself, like not able to to, to make it to the bathroom. You want to still have your faculties and be crisp. And it's scary shit, man. Sorry, I went a little dark there. I apologize. Well, in all fairness. Yeah. In all fairness. Um, I, we went Pied Piper dark on your birthday. So. <laughs> we did. That's true. That was kind of crazy, too. I did not expect that. But yeah, man, very sad to hear about Coolio. It, not only musically, but when they talked about the kids, my kids walked, watched the Keenan and Kel show. And he did the theme song for Keenan and Kel on their show. Uh, and he's in the theme song. He's with Keenan and Kel in the opening credits to that show every episode. And, uh, you know, so he popped up on Nickelodeon quite a bit. So Coolio was a big part of my life and my kids' lives, too, for a long period of time. So, but like I said, I wasn't a mat. I loved Fantastic Voyage. I loved One, Two, Three, Four, and I loved Gangster's Paradise. But what's funny is it's exactly what they said. Coolio wasn't the chronic. He was from Compton. But I bet you there's a lot of people that until he died probably didn't even know he was from Compton. He wasn't one of these dudes that screamed out Compton or Southern California or threw up his set, repped mm -hmm. his hood. Like, I think Gangster's Paradise, as massive as a hit that was for him, also kind of, I think, caused him to stop. Because I think then that's what people expected from him because that song was so just hugely accepted, celebrated, Coolio really was more fantastic voyage, one, two, three, four, county line, like fun, silly, feel good records. And then here comes this dark, really, you know, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. But as a whole, that's not who Coolio was. But unfortunately, after that, I think that's what people expected. Because I went and listened to the album that came right after that, My Soul. 
And I sent you a couple tracks like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Like he didn't get enough credit for this. This is a good album, but nothing on it sounds like gangster's paradise. And I think that's probably in the end, you know, once you have something that's that iconic and that huge, people expect that from you. And I don't think that's who Coolio was. I think definitely coming up in Compton, he'd seen it, he'd experienced, he'd lived it. But that's not what he wanted to be all about. And I think probably after Gangsta's Paradise, everybody was like, like if you listen to the Gangsta's Paradise album, there's no other song on there like Gangsta's Paradise. It's all about like relationships and his kids and having fun and very few Gangsta tracks on that album. But uh, some good shit on there. And uh, yeah, he, he was just fun to listen to. And I enjoyed the singles. Um, and yeah, rest in peace, man. Way too young. Way too young. happens a lot more these days the older we get man it's it's so true but uh yeah it's scary very scary so as you mentioned earlier yes it's my birthday it sure hell is ish yeah fuck yeah <laughs> as you as you said to my uh, on the song for my birthday so we're gonna talk about something uh-huh uh that interests me i love it and it's a little bit of a story I like that. So sit back and enjoy story time. I'm so glad because you know what? I can feel my voice is getting hoarse from all that heavy metal Thor singing that we were doing mm -hmm, earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm getting raspy, man. Celebrate we will! Yeah, I can't do that anymore. So I am going to kick back and shut my mouth now and just enjoy the story time. Let's go. I got to find the perfect bed music. I'm not really sure. This is too hard for me. That sounds like evening news right there. Like, That's the Avenger. Or, or the, oh, he's going to say superheroes or something. Yeah. I'm not really 100% sure what story time music is. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I'll be interested to see what you pull up because I am I am at a loss here for what would be good story it's a good, time music. It's a good, it's a good, like, you got to find the, uh, uh, the right, the right mix. You know what I mean? Yes. And, 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 and I, and I'd like to think that this, this is, this is where I shine. Yes. Uh, why I'm on this side of the board. The man behind the boards, the mm -hmm. Dr. Dre of the 209 to infinity podcast, as we said. That's what I'd like to think. Yes, I believe that. We'll see if it translates to the story time. Did you put Kenny G on? What is it? Well, this works. It's very quiet. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And now, story time with Savage O'Malley. I like it. Today's episode celebrates Savage's upcoming birthday. Mm-hmm. On Bill's birthday episode, he talked about music and his favorite producers. I did. On Savage's birthday episode, he's going to talk about beer. <laughs> I like it. Specifically, Coors beer. Coors? Coors. Yeah. Depending on where you stay, yeah. where you live, is it Coors or Coors? Yeah. If you're from the South, it's Coors. Ears. Coors. Yeah. Let me get a Coors lot. Yeah, that's right. Um, in 1873, German immigrant Adolf Coors and Jacob Schuler from Prussia immigrated to the United States and established a brewery in Golden, Colorado. Mm. After buying a recipe for a Pilsner-style beer from a Czech immigrant, William Silhan, Coors invested $2,000 into the operation and Schuler invested $18,000. In 1880, Coors bought out his partner and became the sole owner of the brewer. 
of the brewery. For most of his 100-year existence, Coors Beer was marketed solely in the American West, while California and Texas were part of the 11-state distribution area. So that was interesting to me. I didn't realize it was only sold on the West. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, Washington and, Mo- and Montana were not added until 1976. Shit. Uh, Oregon did not approve sales in grocery stores until 1985. Holy Lord, that's insane. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You see the rabbit hole I went down? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this gave it mystique and made it a novelty, particularly on the East Coast, and visitors returning from the Western states often brought back a case. This iconic status was reflected in the 1977 film, Smokey and the Bandit. Mm. The company finally established nationwide distribution in the mid-1980s. In 1959, Coors became the, Coors became the first American brewer to use an all-aluminum two-piece beverage can. Mm. Okay. The first brewer, that's pretty... Groundbreaking, know. yeah. yeah. Also in 1959, the company abandoned pasteurization and began to use sterile filtration to stabilize its beer. Coors currently operates the largest aluminum can producing plant in the world known as the Rocky Mountain Metal Container in Golden, Colorado. Mm. The RMMC is a joint venture between Ball Metal and Coors, having been founded in 2003. Ball Metal, also believe the canning jars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ball canning jars. Um, <clears throat> Coors Light was introduced in 1978, which doesn't make it that old. No. Uh, the longtime slogan of Silver Bullet to describe it does not describe the beer, but rather the silver-colored can which Coors packaged the beer. Coors once produced Coors Light in a yellow-bellied can, like the can to full-strength Coors. However, when the yellowing coloring was removed and the can was left mostly silver, it dubbed the beer the Silver Bullet. Mm. So... um that's a little history into Coors, Coors Original, and the uh, the banquet beer. Yeah, yeah. So you're a Coors guy, then. Uh, uh, it, the Yellow Belly or the Pork Chop mm-hmm. uh, is uh, what my dad used to drink. And so uh, as I got older and my appreciation for just beer in general kind of grew, um, I really started to drink the Coors. And I, at the beginning, it was... More of an ode to pops, I'd you know, sure. you know, and me and my guys would we'd have a couple beers, and I'd always try to get the Coors original, and it just became part of who I like and what I like, and so it's still an ode, an ode to dad. And right. when I go golfing, and like I went golfing on October second, I you know I grabbed three tall cans of Coors. We're gonna pop one for pops. Yeah, yeah, and uh, things like that. So that is the history of uh, Coors. Now crazy that up until the 80s you couldn't even get it everywhere in the united states that's pretty nuts right because i just think of that it's like coors and budweiser household names like you know what i'm saying they're everywhere budweiser yeah they're they're everywhere right that's insane but every company's got to start somewhere right i guess that makes sense but that's insane to me so that was adolf coors adolf coors has had several kin since then okay this was the 1800s so right yeah Um, on February 9th, 1960, a milkman sounded his horn several times in an attempt to get the attention of a driver of a station wagon, wagon that was blocking the middle of the bridge over Turkey Creek near Morrison, Colorado. When there was no response, he got out of his truck and walked to the vehicle. It was empty, but its engine was running and the radio playing. A few more beeps in the horn didn't bring the driver back, so the milkman moved the car himself to the side of the road, noticing a reddish-brown stain on the bridge and a hat on the edge of the river bank below. The milkman reported the matter to the local police, who quickly determined that the car, the car, the car belonged to Adolf Coors III, heir 
the Coors Brewing Company fortune. Mm. Coors had left his house not far from the bridge that morning, but had not been seen since. Searchers soon spread out over the area looking for the missing 45-year-old father of four. In addition to the hat, a few objects belonging to Coors were found below the bridge, but no other trace was found during the wider search. 24 hours later, the FBI's Denver division entered the case to help Colorado authorities with the passage of a day since Coors' disappearance. The federal kidnapping statute could be invoked and the full investigative resources of the Bureau could be called upon. Coors' wife, Mary, received a typewritten note that day demanding a ransom for the return of her husband under the guidance of law enforcement. She followed the instructions regarding contacting the kidnapper but heard nothing back. The FBI laboratory began analyzing the available evidence, especially the ransom note, which had been a distinct typeface and was written on paper with an uncommon watermark. Meanwhile, state and local police pursued leads closer to the scene of the crime, conducting extensive interviews and other investigative activities. They soon focused on a canary yellow mercury that had been seen in the area on several occasions and tried to track down its driver, a man who called himself Walter Osborne. The FBI learned that Osborne had disappeared around the time of Coors' abduction, but before doing so had obtained a gun, handcuffs, and a typewriter. And the Bureau also learned that Osborne had obtained an insurance policy at a previous job, and that policy designated a man named Joseph Corbett as his beneficiary. Corbett, in turn, had a son, Joseph Corbett Jr., who had previously been convicted of murder but had escaped from a California prison. Now a chief suspect in the Coors case, the FBI obtained a fugitive warrant for him and placed him in the 10 most wanted fugitive list soon after. Throughout the summer of 1960, Corbett Jr.'s trail remained cold, but tragically, the trail leading to Adolph Coors ended on September 11, 1960, when some hikers came across a pair of trousers in the wood about 12 miles southwest of Sedalia, a town south of Denver. The pants had a keyring bearing the initials AC3. The trousers, other items of clothing, and skeletal remains were found to be determined to belong to Coors. A jacket and shirt had bullet holes that had shown he was shot in the back. An analysis of shoulder bone confirmed this. The story of Coors' disappearance remained in the public eye and was featured in various publications, including Reader's Digest. Corbett Jr.'s wanted photos sparked interest in leads across America, but it was the magazine's readers in Canada who would break the case. One reader pointed to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and their FBI allies to an apartment rented by a man who resembled Corbett Jr., but the man had recently moved on. The next day, the manager of a rooming house in Winnipeg called the local police to report a man who had looked like the fugitive had recently stayed at her flophouse. She also noted that the suspect had been driving a fire engine red Pontiac. That new information went out across Canada, and on October 29, 1960, a Vancouver police officer reported a similar vehicle parked outside of a local motor inn. Soon, police, with the assistance of the FBI's Toronto Legal Attaché office, were knocking on the door of the hotel room. The man who answered said, I give up. I'm the man you want. Corbett Jr. was returned to Colorado, where he was tried by the state of Colorado for Coors' murder. Because Coors' remains were found within the state, he wasn't tried on federal kidnapping charges. During the trial, the FBI offered 23 agents, five lab examiners, and fingerprint experts to help put an iron forward an ironclad case. Especially compelling was the ransom note believed to have been typed by Corbett Jr.'s typewriter and the damning evidence taken from his burned-out yellow canary, uh, canary yellow mercury, which was recovered by law enforcement in New Jersey shortly after Coors' disappearance. On March 19, 1961, Joseph Corbett Jr. was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. And 65 years later, the FBI continues to offer a wide array of investigative assistance to our state and local partners, just as we continue to rely on the support of the public to help us solve crimes. Mm. 
So that's from the FBI's official website, FBI.gov. Okay. And uh, I just, I don't even remember what happened. I was looking up something one day and then the history of cores or whatever. I don't remember how I got across it. And I clicked on it and then all of a sudden I went down this rabbit trail of one of the 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 heirs to the core's kingdom was kidnapped and murdered and like like that's an insane story right yeah. like something out of a movie it's not yeah. something you normally hear in real a- life absolutely yeah. and uh it was just one of those things um that i i just i i like we talk about the rabbit hole right right yeah and uh I was just blown away, like, as I kept reading, like, not only did this person get kidnapped for ransom, like, he didn't, they didn't get the ransom, they killed him, right. this dude was on the run, yeah. the FBI was looking for him, right? All because the dude was rich, because his dad created course. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, 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 like, I just thought about, like, modern day, like, what if this happened now? Like, the world would stop. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, this dude would be public enemy number one if you know, Jeff Bezos or Jeff Bezos kid disappeared. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and and so it was just, it was just really interesting and intriguing. And, and I really enjoyed like kind of just, I mean, that's probably the most non work related reading I've done in a long time. You know, (laughs) you can honestly say now that we're a true, true crime podcast as well. We can add that to the resume. We've done it now. We're there. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, we talk about sports, we talk about movies, we talk about music, we talk about life. That's one arena we haven't tackled yet. Now we can officially put that in the feather of the cap and say that we've been there, done that, baby. Right. And so yeah, when we were talking about what do you want to do for your birthday, what I'm going to do for my birthday, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I think I want to talk about this. Yeah. Like, it's to me, it's interesting. So I don't know if you found it interesting yeah, yeah. as I was reading it. It's then fascinating. They, you know, maybe the people, like, when they're listening to it, they're going to be like, man. That yeah. was pretty cool. That was a great story. I had no idea. I didn't have any idea. I think, I think or it's Or maybe the people are like, fuck, I want a beer. Now I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Thanks, Savage. <laughs> I want a Coors, and I'm terrified because you never know when somebody's going to kidnap you and murder you. I mean, I think it's interesting for all the ills of social media mm-hmm. and the fact that we're on, we're recorded and on camera and being watched constantly. I will say that probably the one plus for that is it's a lot harder to just disappear anymore like you know there's you're being surveilled and watched constantly so like people can track your phone they can track the the gps in your car they can there's ways or you know if you're kidnapped and taken in front of a gas station or a bank or a grocery store they have ways of finding you and knowing where you are whereas back and you said that was in the 60s mm-hmm. it just wasn't quite there yet we weren't there so you know seeing someone's car abandoned on the side of the road and finding their hat was part of the puzzle but now it's like there are just so many different ways that you can be tracked down and found and looked for that weren't that didn't exist back then i think one of the reasons you don't hear about those kind of things as much anymore is because i think it's more difficult to just disappear now you'd you could you'd literally have to like crush your phone leave your car and just walk out into the woods with nothing but whatever the clothes are on your back and deep somewhere where there aren't cameras you couldn't you can't surface at a restaurant or a bank or a gas station you're just gonna have to go into the woods with nothing if you want to disappear anymore because 
if you, if you if you pop up anywhere, somebody's going to see you. Someone's going to to know. Like you said, even in the '60s, it was Canada, right? That was like, wait, we saw him. Like, remember back in the day, it was, uh, I don't know if they still do the show anymore, but it was America's Most Wanted. Mm -hmm. They would immediately put those guys' pictures up on the screen and tell their story, and then somebody somewhere halfway across the United States or around the world would be like, I've seen that guy, he's here. Like, well, imagine that amplified to the 50 million power with phones and GPS and internet and satellites. Like, it's a different world now, man. It's crazy. I'm going to drop 10 quick, fun, interesting, or at least interesting Coors facts on you. Okay, do it. A couple of them we already kind of addressed. Up until 1980, Coors beer was unavailable east of the Mississippi due to its lack of additives and preservatives. It became a highly sought after item in the east. We talked about that. Uh, Guinness Drought is a 4% alcohol by volume. Is weaker than Bud, Miller, and Coors, which are 5% ABV, mm. which is commonly mis unknown mm -hmm. to the general public. Yeah, I would I would have thought Guinness was stronger. Yeah, uh, in the movie Smoking the Bandit, the Coors that beer Coors beer that Burt Reynolds was bootlegging into Georgia was based on Coors's real life cult status during the seventies. Uh, in the nineteen eighties, the beer company Coors began selling bottled Mountain Spring water, and sales were very poor because they left the Coors logo left on the bottle because it was just water. Like uh, fresh water. Sales were poor because they, they left, left the Coors logo on the They bottom. put a Coors logo on there, and so no one was buying it because they thought it was beer. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, according to Adolf Coors, the inventor of Coors Light and founder of the company, water is the key ingredient for a perfect beer. Uh, number six, Coors, the maker and creator of the two-piece aluminum beer can, was commissioned to make ceramic fuel rods for a doomsday weapon during the Cold War. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the grandson of Coors beer founder was kidnapped, held for ransom, and then killed. We knew that because I just spent uh, 20 minutes talking about it. Yes. Um, Coors Brewing was the first American brewery to fully embrace hops grown in the United States. However, Cascade hops were too strong for their beer. Mm. Um, America's beers, Budweiser and Coors, actually both created by German immigrants. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Adolf. Yeah. Yeah. And after Canadian MP... Glenn Thebolt said that the House of Commons shooting hero Alan Gervais should never have to pay for beer again for the rest of his life. Molson Coors Canada sent Gervais and his wife's hundreds of bottles of his favorite beer. Interesting. So yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, the Coors, the Coors, <laughs> Coors, ears, ooh. It's the Coors, man. There's uh, two O's. Two O's make the ooh sound. I don't know why y'all out here in California call it core ors. It's ears. Uh, I know that I enjoy a nice uh, pork chop with my boys. Mm -hmm. uh, I do know that uh, certainly. Uh, oh, you nasty! Loves a nice uh, yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I just was like, you know what? This thing was founded 149 years ago. I need to give it some shine, throw some shine on it. <laughs> yes, sir. You want me to tell you something that will blow? Well, you may not blow your mind because you know me, but maybe it'll blow people's in the podcast mind. Uh, I have never drunk a full beer in my entire life. That doesn't surprise me. No, because you know me. I yeah. do. Yeah, but I bet you there's people. You're about, you're about adult milkshakes. Yeah, I'm all about the sweet side of things, not much into the the more drier, sour tasting stuff. I've never been able to develop a taste for beer. I have tried. Um, I mean, I'll drink like uh, what are those? What are those uh, um, ciders and stuff like that? And 
champagne and like I said, like uh, a rum and coke, things of that nature, more on the sweeter side. But I, as much as I've tried, I have never, and, and I've only tried a few times because if you don't like something, you just don't like something. Like when somebody says, oh, eventually you'll develop a taste for it. I don't get that. Like I didn't have to develop a taste for lasagna or pizza. I knew immediately that I loved it. Well, after taking, you know, trying four or five sips of beer, I know it's just not for me. But I've, I, you know, I gave it a shot, and it's just, it's not going to get any better. So there's no need to force the issue. Like, I'm just going to keep doing this until eventually I'm going to love it. You know, this Coors someday. You know, like I, I just can't see doing that. But uh, yeah, dude, it's. Uh, I don't know if that's something I've ever. I'm sure we may have talked about it in five years, probably. But uh, yeah, I've never been able to develop a taste for beer. Yeah, it's just never been my thing. One last little bit of Coors. Okay. Coors Formation. Uh, yeah. Coors Formation. Do you know why Coors Original is called the Banquet Beer? Um, It was served at a banquet for the Queen of Germany. I have no idea. It's a great, it's a great guess. Yeah. Uh, founded in 1873, Coors was nicknamed Banquet Beer by Clear Creek Canyon miners who drink it in banquet halls or huge banquet tents when there were no halls. The name didn't become official until 1937 when Coors sought to combat the depression with a strain of nostalgia nostalgia that somehow didn't evolve until the 80s. Hmm. Interesting. There probably so, is. So miners started Germany. calling it the bank beer, the yeah. banquet beer. Yeah. And then it didn't really catch, but then like after the depression, Coors tried to stir up some uh, nostalgia and it didn't really take off. And then the 80s, now it is certainly known as the banquet beer. Interesting. That, that, that's crazy because... Uh... So not the queen of Germany, then. No, uh, no. no. <laughs> I don't think there is a queen of Germany. Oh, man, that's funny. But yeah, no, that's interesting, man. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought for your birthday, I thought you were going to go sports. I thought we were going to talk about um, some sports-related things happening. I thought that's where we were going to go. I did not anticipate getting a history lesson on uh, Adolf Coors and, and the Coors Light Brewing Company. That uh, And the Coors Brewing Company and the um, kidnapping and murder of one of the heirs to the Coors Brewing Company. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I thought maybe we were going to talk about, uh, is it Aaron Judge? Hitting, hitting the home run record and people saying that he's the real, I thought that's where we were going. And, and I know you said, if I say that, it's going to spark you up and you're going to go, you're going to start tearing into got it. Enough time, I got enough time. So I'm just, I, that's just where I thought we were going. I'll be honest with you. The same way you kind of anticipated what my top producers were going to be. That's what I was anticipating from you. Cause I know that is a big hotbed right now in baseball. That's the topic, but we'll save that for another episode. Cause I know we're running out of time, but I am curious to get your thoughts on that eventually. So, well, there it is. Yes, sir. Coors. Yeah. With two O's. Makes ooh sound. Ooh. Ooh. Coors. A banquet, baby. A silver bullet. I like it. Yes, sir. So that was it, man. That's what I wanted to talk about for my birthday. I, hey, man. I enjoyed it, man. It's a history lesson. And we can now officially say we're a uh, we're a murder mystery podcast. I like it. I, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, uh, people of the 209 Pod Squad, out and about in your in your fancy flying cars and your flying cars, whatever really? you guys are doing out there in the world with your <laughs> driving cars, or your, you know what I mean? Your, your wingsuits. I don't know what you guys are doing. We got out some there. adventurous fucking listeners. They're soaring in wingsuits and flying cars, yeah. man. I have, yeah. yo, somebody call me up. Cause I, I don't want to do the wingsuit, but I would go cruising in a flying car. Yeah. If you want to know what you can get me for my birthday, uh-huh, what you can get me for my birthday is telling me whether or not 
you enjoyed this. Because I'd surely like to know. Yeah. If you found it interesting, if you found it like you enjoyed it, or you were bored to death listening to me talk about beer and the story of the beer. <laughs> so I'd love to know. Uh, so uh, happy birthday to me. Yes, sir. Happy birthday. Um, and if it's your birthday and my birthday, then that means the holidays right around the corner. Ah, shit. It means a new season of the podcast is around the corner. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? means we're knocking on wakanda forever in november my mm-hmm. friend that's what's up i'm like uh curious. well the good news is yeah that thor has set the bar so low yeah <laughs> that uh we should be good yeah man yeah man I mean, if wakanda forever is worse than thor we're in trouble yeah we like yeah. i'm gonna probably have to start reading yeah <laughs> more and i don't want to do it you're gonna become a coerce historian yeah. and you'll know everything it was in 1873 <laughs> when adolf Kors <laughs> arrived right. in golden colorado that's right i love it man i love it all right man get us the heck up out of here and if you could do me a massive favor for my birthday don't mess up this time. I could, yeah, I did it for my birthday. No. Four plus years. I don't, yeah. I don't remember one mess up. I think there was one, but it's been a minute. All right, yeah. So, I'm gonna say it slowly then and really concentrate. In the immortal words of my man George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we'll see you in the 209. If you guys are drinkers and you enjoy an original course. Crack one open for Papa Bittner. Absolutely. Happy birthday, my brother.